welcome to another episode of Heresy Hunters. I'm Micah, and I'm your host, and I'm super excited for this special episode where we will tackle the psychedelic gospels. Now, to most of you, you probably have no idea what that even is, and you're going to learn today. So today, I have one of my very, very close friends, Gavin Main, and we're going to be doing this podcast together. So, Gavin, if you could introduce yourself a little bit. For sure. Um, yeah, man, thanks, uh, you know, again, for just having me on here. That's awesome. I'm, I'm very honored to be a part of this uh, this conversation. Yeah, so you and I met back in October uh, through a young adults group that goes on about every Tuesday night at, at my church. Uh, we kind of hit it off right then and there. Uh, it's been a blessing just to... You know, be able to walk side by side with you and be able to sharpen one another in scripture and for you to, you know, point to a lot of resources, which has been super great too. Uh, I I was actually introduced to this topic through a buddy of mine who owns a coffee shop. Uh, someone, you know, I very much respect. And he's someone who's one of the very open minded people. And he has kind of brought this up out of the blue one day, knowing that I'm a believer. And he said, you ever heard about the psychedelic gospels? And I just, the title of that did not sound good to me. <laughs> it seemed like a contradiction, not a paradox. And I said, uh, no. And he started telling me a little bit about it. So I got my introduction through him. And because he was really trying to play devil's advocate, I figured it'd be a good thing to look into because that's a man I would like to see get saved. Um, and, you know, once I told you about it, as we tell a lot of things to each other, mm-hmm. you were very, very kind to want to do this with me and even dedicate to this episode. So, you know, here we are. And I'm super grateful to be here. Beautiful. Yeah, no, thank you, man. I, It was a blessing to do this. And I learned a lot. The, I've heard of the psychedelic gospels before. Very, yeah. very in passing. Like I've heard, yeah, there's this weird theory out there. And I was like, yeah, I don't really care enough to figure it out. You know, I was just like, that's probably something that no one will ever really believe. And this was like, man, like I would say this was, yeah, I mean, this 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 paper was published 2019. So it was probably that far back. I probably heard it around there. It was probably two years ago. And, but I've never read anything about it, never bothered to research anything. Like I just didn't really see it as something that was like yeah. worth my while. And I was like, this isn't really going anywhere. There's theories all the time. Like, this is probably just going to be another one of those dumb ones. And, and you know, I'm not going to say it, say this as an insulting thing. I think that the creators of this, you know, this paper that we both designated, we're, we're very happy to read. Uh, for those who are listening, it's called Enthegens in Christian Art. And it's uh, looking at the disputes of Wasson and Allegro and the Psychedelic Gospels. And this was written by Jerry B. Brown and Julie M. Brown, which is, they're both married, married couple that actually wrote the book, The Psychedelic Gospels. And it doesn't have a lot of popularity. The Instagram page is very small and there's not a lot of following, but there is... There are many people, as you mentioned, even the the guy uh, that you know from the coffee shop, that have heard about it, and it is I feel like getting exposure. So I thought it'd be cool to dig yeah, in. So for sure, yeah. So with that being said, man, why don't we just get right into it? So how would you how would you describe the psychedelic gospels? Like, what would you sure say about that? So within the first few pages, they quite plainly uh, state their authority, even they use the word authority. They say the authority of our historians to close the door on the matter. They're talking about the paragraph. So how I looked at it is all authority of this theory is based off of the identification of a mushroom called Amanita muscaria. I probably butchered that. I'm really white. Um, so <laughs> um, It's Latin, so it's fine. Oh, sweet. All right. <laughs> um, so it's a poisonous hallucinogen, which I find interesting that it, there's such an emphasis on something that's a hallucinogen, but it's also poisonous. But that's the point. Um, this specific hallucinogen that's found in some of these paintings was uh, was first found in the 
a lot of medieval Christian art. And I'm going to say it again. It's <clears throat> medieval Christian art. End of sentence. Not scripture. Uh, the the piece that really inspired this was at the chapel of plain uh i'm going to pronounce this right uh plain cor corlot it's in central france so i didn't pronounce it right um <laughs> but this painting has cast the biggest shadow of this view yeah. and um i would say as well as mike had pointed out earlier uh, this specifically about this article, a lot of it is about debates between uh, Wason and a light girl, um, and though they're pretty different views, so to put it another way, none of them really agree with each other. Their authority is basically the same. It's all about this Christian art. It's all about the way they interpret these paintings. Uh, and there's something I don't remember it being necessarily in this article or not, or this this. Uh, this collection of writing, if I could call that. I don't even know if I could call it a thesis. I'm not really sure what to call this. Um, I'm going to call it a paper. Uh, yeah. A lot of people believe that, you know, Jesus has lost years. Anything when he wasn't a baby, when he wasn't 12, and, uh, you know, the book of Luke, or, you know, his ministry in his 30s, any of those years that aren't in Scripture, they believe he was off in the wilderness or whatever, somewhere mm-hmm. else, tripping out getting high and come back super wise because of that and then he gave all the shrooms to his buddies and you know the 500 eyewitnesses he has so everyone's just tripping out on the same thing pretty much um and to the point that allegro does not even believe that jesus is real and uh, so this is where you know you see the disagreements allegro you know he basically thought that jesus himself was a hallucination of these mushrooms interesting so there's not a lot of uh again there's not a lot of agreement or consistency uh within the the debates with these people throughout the years yeah unlike christianity we'll have debates and it's like oh you might not agree on eschatology but like the gospel is the same right, right. <laughs> they don't even they don't they don't understand believe or even would agree with right christ the divinity of christ the nature of christ I mean, that he even no. came. I mean, some of them would even deny that, which is very interesting. But when yeah. we, just to back up a little bit, I don't, I don't think I mentioned this, but in the painting that, that was found in that chapel in central France that Gavin just mentioned, this was uh, approximately around like 1291 that it, was, uh, that it was painted, or that's how much is dated back, they would say. Yeah. And just to give you a little bit of a mental picture here. So this is a very faded photo, uh, painting. I almost said photograph. It's not a photograph. I'm yeah, looking they, at a photograph, right? They, but, they went back into biblical times. Right, to yeah, yeah. Right, right. But the painting, per se, very faded painting. And it's a, a woman in the right side, a man in the left side, talking about Adam and Eve. And in the middle of both of them is this tree that very much looks like a mushroom with... Tr- four mushrooms coming out of that big mushroom tree and wrapped around it is a snake which i mean it shows that the whole point of the painting was a temptation in the garden of eden and so quite frankly allegro and the browns would both agree or all of them would agree that this painting was the beginning of the theory of the psychedelic gospels yeah that once they that once they saw this painting it was a very crystal clear example or proof to them that the story of adam and eve was inspired by shrooms all these people that said that they experienced it or said that this was traditionally passed down they all had a very bad mushroom trip and Quite frankly, that's really what they believe here. And just to give a little bit of a background, the guy Allegro that we're talking about, he, if you guys have ever heard of oh, the Dead Sea Scrolls, we all have heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Right. He is a Dead Sea Scrolls scholar, which is very interesting. So, again, he should know quite a bit about Scripture, quite a bit about Christ, the deity of Christ. The gospel, yeah, he should be aware of that. Like he, he's he's heard of this, 
And it's very interesting that this is his theory and belief. And I want to just read a little bit of a quote here by him, and I want to hear your thoughts on it, Gavin. Just uh, see what, what you think. But this, uh, this quote was from Allegro in 1970, and he says, The prime example of the relation between the serpent and the mushroom is, of course, in the Garden of Eden, the story of the Old Testament. The cunning reptile prevails upon Eve and her husband to eat of the tree, whose fruit, quote from Genesis 3-4, made them as gods, knowing good and evil, end quote. He says, the whole, end, the whole Eden story is mushroom-based mythology, not least in the identity of the tree as a sacred fungus, as we shall see. Even as late as the 13th century, some recollection of the old tradition was known among Christians to judge from a fresco painting on the wall of ruined church in France. Hmm. So, so what are your immediate thoughts from this scholar that is supposed to know the Bible and says that the whole Eden story, we would say account, but the whole Eden story to him, because it right. is a story, is a mushroom-based mythology. What would you What would you say to that? What are your immediate thoughts? My thought on not just the quote, which some people who I would hope not someone will listen to this and be like, well, let's give this a thought. Like maybe this could be happening. Like let's not be swayed by this. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what I find interesting as is this man. He's, he's like you say. He describes it as a story. He does not agree, and he denies that is history. He all thinks that it's a hallucination. Right. But I find a contradiction because he's saying this is all a mushroom trip. Yeah. But he's also saying there's mushrooms in the Garden of Eden, but the Garden of Eden didn't happen. <laughs> right. So I'm like, is it history or is it not? Like, right. pick your authority yeah. is really where it comes down to. Um, he really tried with the scripture. I was, I'm, I'd like to say I'm proud of him, but, you know, I, you know, he, he tried, but just it's, it's not in context. Um, but that's, that's where my thought went. Yeah. 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 So, and the interesting part is that uh, Watson was actually against the theory that Allegro had. He was he was clearly saying this is not this is by no means a mushroom tree. Satan like but but the authority that they were holding on to and I and I love what you said about they have he has to pick his authority here because the authority that they all have for this paper and for the book of the psychedelic gospels right. is the historians that say that this is a probable theory. So what they are trusting on are historians to say, yes, this dates back to the first century, which, okay, great, doesn't matter, that's, that's awesome. I'm glad we have art from the first century. We have writings for the, from the first century, and <laughs> i.e. the Bible, i.e. the books from all these amazing historians of that time, you know, and right. Josephus, and, you know, you name it, there's a lot of amazing things like the the letters to the letters to the churches from first and second clement right like all these amazing even church fathers a lot of these great things that we have from the first century but guess what like the crazy thing is that they are ignoring everything else in church history and they're relying on a painting that doesn't say anything first of all that doesn't actually exclaim that is a mushroom it doesn't even allude to it no one ever even talks about it in the first century like think about this like no one in church history has ever talked talked about this painting and alluded anything related to shrooms or mushrooms like no one in church history has ever brought up anything with shrooms or hallucinations but we decided that in 2019 that this guy decided to want to go to this museum and see this tree and say wow there it is Think about that. Like that's yeah. wow. That's it's amazing. It definitely fits. I think the the climate of our world today that's pushing more and more for freedom of those things, though, of drug right. use and such. 
Um, and we find trying to find freedom for a lot of things as Christians. We're like, no, that's wrong. Mm. Um, and for me, um, there are a lot of, not a lot of points. I don't have a lot of points. I have a few points. I think that I could go back. I would like to look into regarding this because it is very interesting because it all, as we're saying, goes down to authority of these paintings. Right. Obviously, I think we kind of point out why that's an issue, but there's more that can be said. And I think the argument needs to go to why is the authority and why must the authority be the Bible? Um, why does this not line with biblical authority? I think is where this really comes down to. Right. Um, so I wanted to share things as a biblicist like yourself. <laughs> um, like what I found. So the first thing was, so people go roll their eyes, uh, Jesus is God is the first point. The Bible makes it clear that we're to have a sober mind. Thus hallucinogens would be a sin. Right. God does not command us to a standard of holiness which he himself does not follow. Right. That's so, right. scripture back that up. The Father and I are one. John 10.30. In case you forgot, Jesus is God. Uh, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Leviticus 20.26. 20, Think about the book of Leviticus. Leviticus right. is a very graphic, kind of uncomfortable book. It was for me when I read it this year. Right. Because you see how serious sin is and how holy God is. And how, right. like people are doing all these things just to have some sort of communion with him. Um, So it's interesting that piece is in Leviticus. Don't think that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I didn't come to destroy, but to fulfill Matthew 5, uh, 17. Mm. Jesus fulfilled the law perfectly because he is God in the flesh because he's God, the son. Mm. Jesus himself then wouldn't go on a mushroom trip, no matter what isn't recorded in scripture. Right. Um, the other thing, I, I'm just going to kind of, I have three. Um, so I'm sorry if we're kind of taking charge. Um, no, you're good. The Please. second point I have is, though Jesus did grow in wisdom and stature, mm-hmm. um, as we th- see in uh, Luke chapter 2, uh, I think verse 52, uh, though he did grow in wisdom and stature, he never ceased being God. Um how we see that and how we see him continue to fulfill the law. Jesus followed and fulfilled the law by submitting to his earthly parents when they came back to him and searched for him. Luke 2, uh, verse 51. He was already teaching teachers with great wisdom. Right. And everyone knows that story. Uh, verse 46. Third point I have is the writers of this piece, and this is really, I want to point it to you and kind of, would like to see where the conversation goes. I know we've talked about this a little bit Mm -hmm. already and where we're kind of alluding to already the writers behind this paper, this thesis, whatever this theory are basing their authority on paintings, which were not made by eyewitnesses. Nope. Right. Um, Vody Bachman, I've, cause I've been kind of interested in Canon lately cause I want to know more about like, why I can trust the I know I can trust the Bible because honestly I've been a Christian all my life but I need to tell people why I have so Bodie Bachman has a quote I'm going to butcher it but he says I can trust I can trust the word of God I can trust scripture because it is uh, a collection of historical documents that's written by I uh, written by eyewitnesses um, <laughs> surrounded by other eyewitnesses that was a fulfillment of specific prophecies um, and that does not claim to be human in origin, but divine in nature. Mm. And to me, those paintings cannot say that, mm. but scripture can. And, uh, we see that in Luke, uh, we see this authority of the Bible about I, I being written by eyewitnesses surrounded by other eyewitnesses in Luke chapter one, verse two, and then second Peter one sixteen. Mm. I really like second Peter one sixteen. Uh, for we didn't follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were, uh, we, wow, this is sad. <laughs> uh, we would, I can't read my own handwriting. <laughs> we were eyewitnesses. Uh, <laughs> we were eyewitnesses. I can't read my handwriting. So everyone else, you have a Bible in front of you. This is embarrassing. <laughs> but, 
Um, there is scripture also to back that up. Um, those are three big points I found of why we should focus on the biblical authority and how, obviously, we couldn't entertain this idea. Right. Um, and one more tiny thing. These men don't respect scripture at all, and not just because we see them how they don't use scripture in context of anything and how they really aren't even using it at all. But in the article, when they're referring to dating, you know, for us, we use B.C. or A.D., before Christ. Uh, For them, they use B.C.E. or C.E. C.E. means common era. It's a, if you look up in Google, look in the dictionary, literally this kind of dating and the, uh, the definition is the secular version of B.C. It is a rejection of the history and God's hand in history. They remove Christ quite literally out of that title. So these men don't even really want anything to do with divine Christ's authority. Um, so that is what I found. Honestly, is probably all the points I really have. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's beautiful, sta- beautifully uh, said and, and stated. I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you saying that. I I just wanted to mention a couple of these just like bring out a couple of these other paintings as well that they I was had. close with the verse you were close with the what was the verse <laughs> it was but we were eyewitnesses to his majesty there you go to his majesty yeah no one I couldn't read that I hardly write down the words his majesty <laughs> <laughs> that's alright no I appreciate that no that's uh, very great points and and again that is exactly what they're attacking they're attacking the deity of Christ yeah the gospel and the really the the history behind not only the word of god but also everything that ever happened in history Mm. like the beginning of all things Mm. so so i just think it's very interesting but just to talk about a little bit of other portraits that are in this paper there's there was another portrait in this paper another portrait that they saw in the same in the same place in France, it's a it's a picture of beautiful. the book of Genesis, and it's in Genesis, and it's the creation of the stars is the name of, of this piece of art. And quite frankly, it is literally <laughs> Jesus with two circular star-looking, it looks like the moon and the sun, I you, guess. You know what it looks like? It looks like that picture of Jesus on the wall of like those like rundown pizza shops. Yes. Um, yes. But it looks like Jesus, that Jesus came out of that photo, and he's actually on that white wall of the pizza shop, and he's then putting his hands towards another photo of himself. Yeah, on that pizza it's very wall. interesting. <laughs> it, it's quite it's quite a photo. It's quite a photo indeed. It doesn't look like there's stars in there. Yeah, I can barely see them. Yes. So it's supposed to be stars. It's supposed to be the moon, and underneath. The stars and the moon. There is like a mushroom-looking tree again, and they're back. And they're they're back. Yeah. So you gotta get rid of those fun guy guys. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he is a fun guy. I tell you that. Oh. Whoever did that. Oh. Now that was a trip. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So man, you can't you can't have this podcast without some some sort of cringy, uh, you know, dad joke or something. But oh, anyways, so in this in this picture in this in this photo they have plants or something that, that might look like mushrooms they they might they, they look they look like mushrooms yeah I, I can i can maybe accept that it, maybe i don't know that's there's they have little things i don't know it's interesting someone could have also tried that that's maybe the way that he drew trees if you look at all the artwork it it all looks the same like the the amount of of trees and and the way that he painted, it might be just how he made trees, quite frankly. It also doesn't look like he knows how to draw creation of the stars. Because, again, it looks like Jesus is in a pizza shop right now holding yes. up a photo of himself. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't, I, so, I, the art, so, so <laughs> really, the art's not great. It's, it's really not great. So it could be interpreted in many ways, which is a point. Yeah. So they're interpreting it as in the creation of the world, the creation of the world was a acid not an acid trip sorry but a shroom trip where oh boy that the first people that apparently spoke about it were 
just deceived. And and really, there's so many other paintings uh, that he had. Some of them even of the Last Supper, where... And this is such a bad reach, right? So the other picture that they have is a detail of the Last Supper. And it's showing mushrooms in the in the hems of the disciples robes so if you've ever seen a picture of the last supper they are seeing mushrooms underneath the table in the hems of the robes of the disciples no it literally looks just just looks a pattern it looks like the pattern of robes to be honest but they see somehow they see mushrooms in there i don't know where they see that looks like they found a good way to make it look like the the robes are folding in a realistic way and they just it's like they just copied the pattern for each person's robe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very interesting. But I see what they're trying to do. Yeah, I see what they're trying to do. But they're, they're again. It's not mushrooms, though. It's not mushrooms. It's the end of the robes. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I mean that's pretty clear. Yeah. Listen, so I, I don't think there's anything else to say about that. But it's that just really just proves where the heart and the mentality behind this right this theory. Their their goal is not to try to explain the past. Their goal is to try to eradicate Christianity and eradicate anything related to Christ. Because they're, what they're attacking is Christ. What they're attacking is Christ, the yeah. reliability of the scriptures. Yeah. And they're not doing this about Buddha, about Muhammad. They're not doing this with any other religion but well, Christ. Oh, well, come on. Those were some nice guys. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but it, it's, it's so interesting because every single attack that we've had thus far in church history or from the culture right. has always been against Christianity. And if you haven't noticed that. Or uh, yeah, the I, Judeo-Christian... I, I, I feel like I've noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I hope so. No, but, I, I'm really accepted for my, my faith. Oh, I yeah. have so many friends. We all are. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, uh, that's how it goes. But, yeah, so then the there's also, again, they mentioned so many paintings. And yeah. an, another one being when God is creating, back in Genesis, God creating the plants. And it's, it's literally just the image of Jesus and... A couple of mushroom-looking plants in front of him with angels all around. And again, their perspective is that this is all an illustration of how the early Christians were inspired by by shrooms. And not only that, but and, and I'll, I'll mention one more here because yeah. there's there's plenty. So I don't want to keep a lot of time here just mentioning paintings. But I just want you to realize that a lot of their theory just comes from these paintings from going to this to this cathedral in France and seeing these paintings and saying wow like they they're up to something like Wasson and Allegro man this I, I can picture this old, old older couple going to France and you know they're doing their thing mm-hmm. and they they see this uh they probably heard a little bit of 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 the debate and they're like you know what we want to check it out in France for ourselves you know and they're going over there, and they're like, "Wow, like yes, yeah, this, this is all mushrooms. This is man, Christianity is, is is stupid." And really, when you read the, I don't know if you kind of felt this way, but when I was reading this paper, is very much undermining people that believe in the Christian God, that believe in in the Bible. Yeah, I so, mean the I think the first use of scripture they really had. Okay, it wasn't the first, like the second, but it's the one you're reading about. Um, about the garden, the first time they went to the Garden of Eden, that painting. Uh, and you're talking about they don't understand the Trinity. The first thing they say is like, well, they're basically attacking Christianity in that paragraph. They're saying, I don't know how they could think a mono, like a monomous God. So they're they're denying the Trinity there, uh, which is very interesting. So it's like, well, we believe in one God, but we believe in the Trinity. The, the doctrine of Trinity is very important. <laughs> so they don't really understand it at all. I actually just turned to some pages later, and there are there is actually a reference to the Gnostic Gospel of Thomas that they're trying to use to justify this. So that's their yeah. use of scripture. Yeah. So I'm like, but they don't use actual scripture. So yeah, I was gonna mention that too. Like, if they could actually pull it from scripture, all right, then like at least you're like at least at least you're going to the proper authority. At least you're going to the source of Christianity, but you're not going to the source. You're making something up. Um, yeah. It's like fan fiction, um, but 
you know, worse. Uh, fan fiction already can be pretty bad. Um, but yeah, it's 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 frustrating. Um, and I, I I would I want to be. This this was this was a a little tough for me to read, um, as I'm sure it would be for a lot of a lot of believers. But honestly, I'm looking at this picture of God creating the plants, and the big the, the big thing people should be focused on is like, why do they keep making Jesus white? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cancel, just cancel, just just cancel, like cancel. guys, you got to cancel them. Don't even entertain this. No. We actually, what we should be saying is not going against the psychedelic gospels. Is really going against these paintings. Like, this, we should just completely like ban the theory because why Jesus, right? Like, right, absolutely. Yeah. So I, see, I think it's offensive. We gotta find a common cause, everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Don't you know what it is? We all hold hands together at the end of the day. <laughs> Kumbaya. God loves. Uh, God loves everyone. Everyone's going to make it. It's fine. Everyone's going to have it. That's yeah. what you'd say if this was a heretical podcast, right? But it's not. But it's, but it's heresy hunting. <laughs> yeah, we we hunt them, <laughs> not literally. <laughs> uh, no, but so one the interesting part, man, in in page fourteen, I, I wanted to just bring this up to. They bring in the they talk about the transfiguration of Jesus. So you, you remember when in Matthew yeah, it's a seventeen, passage. it's a beautiful passage. But they so in uh, page but fourteen, they, ruin it. Oh, they definitely did. Yeah. So they <laughs> Matthew seventeen verse five, and they actually quote the verse here. Oh, good for And uh, yeah, and I don't, they quote it. That's about it. But <laughs> this is what they say. In the Transfiguration, the apostles Peter, James, and John go into go to Jesus in, in Mount Tabor, where the Old Testament prophet Moses and Elijah appeared, is what they say. There, Jesus transforms before their eyes, so that his face did shine as the sun, according to Matthew 7, 5, seventeen five. That's true. Which says, A bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved son, in whom I will please listen to him. Right? Right. And... What they are trying to say about the transfiguration is that the significance, the transfiguration of Jesus, of uh, particular significance for the psychedelic gospel theory given to the transfiguration is one of the main miracles attributed to Jesus in the gospels. Unlike other miracles, this is what they say, which were performed by Jesus. This is one that happens to Jesus, reaffirming as did the baptism by John, his divinely chosen role as the Son of God. Thus, the transfiguration is a pivotal moment of the New Testament where mankind intersects with God, as Bernward implies, artistically, access to the divine mediated mediated through the sacred through the sacred sacrament of psychoactive mushrooms. So he was kind of good until that last. Right. Until that, <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, so, all right, yeah, then. All so right. psychos, psychos, true. Right. So um, sorry, that was really mean. So, so <laughs> the interesting part is that he's attributing this beautiful scene in scripture as a really, again, what what they've been saying the whole time, a psychoactive mushroom induced trip something that they yeah. thought they experienced but it was literally by jesus yeah feeding these mushrooms to his disciples which i don't even like even just saying that out loud because it's so blasphemous it, it's 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 yeah, i know it's, it's it's quite frankly like disturbing to even think about that we would that anyone would just slander jesus like that and would say he used mushrooms and inspired his disciples to use mushrooms so they can make up all the story that they ended up dying for. I think... Yeah, I, I was going to get into that. That's... Yep. Uh, it's sad because I think that's exactly why this is becoming, starting to get attraction because people want to lower the deity of Christ. We People have been joking about Jesus for years. Right. Heck, I've been saved for since I was in seventh grade. I'm 25 now, so to do the math. Um, I used to make jokes about Jesus, and I and I had a relationship with him. And I'm like, oh, this is funny. And 
you know, as you grow up a little bit in your faith and you discipline yourself in scripture, you're like, okay, like I'm a wicked sinner. I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you see so many jokes about Jesus continuously. Yeah. And that's just a gateway. It's just another form of desensitization hmm. uh, to the way the world wants to deny the Lord and the ways that yeah. they suppress the truth. Um, what you said was really, yeah, I mean, I think as I've been trying to learn a little bit about uh, biblical canon lately, I met with, you know, I've talked to you about some pastors I've met with who've been very gracious to give me some of their time. Yeah. Um, listen to some of Vody. Uh, you and I have had some talks. Yeah. And I think the, and we've talked about this, but you really kind of hit the nail on the head for me and like what really upset me reading this mm. was the fact that could the men who wrote this theory, yeah, would they willingly be martyred for what they wrote? Mm. Would they die for this research? No. But we have, Probably. what, 1,400 years or so of church history of people who you know, carefully preserved scripture that was written on st- animal skin um, and all these other things, scrolls that Jesus himself touched from the Old Testament. Uh, we had the Jewish and Christian people preserve this stuff carefully, and they willingly were martyred. And Jesus told all of his apostles, like, you're going to be martyred. Like, mm-hmm. that's just how it is. Um, it's very much a mirror of, like, the world is going to hate uh, The world's going to hate you as it, like, as it hates me, you know, and it's... It's it's just it's it's sad and it, I think it further demonstrates as we look at this we could just be we could slander and and get upset and get mad and just bash on on things like this but I think we need to continue to turn to our own hearts like okay Lord what do you have in my life and what I have is for everyone it should be a relationship with Him and that is revealed through the proclamation of His Word yeah. Um, Bible is super important. Um, everyone's like, well, no, duh. But I, I remember we were talking about this. I, I wrote it on Facebook, an infamous Facebook status. Um, but, <laughs> you know, we have Bibles in the nightstand in our hotel. Right. We have family Bibles collecting dust in the attic. Right. Um, we have them sitting in their church pews covering like kids' mucus or like crayons when they're like coloring during service. I've listened to the message. <laughs> Right. They're whatever to some people. Yeah. How many men died for that? Mm. And they all died for the same gospel, yeah. the same God, mm. the same Jesus, mm. same message. Right. These guys came and get it together. Right. That there's more and more. So it's like we're told, like, stand, stand firm, resist the devil. Mm. I think there's a reason for that. Mm. Because this isn't, this might be a new theory, quote unquote, but it's not new under the sun. It's, mm. it's, it's, it's not, it's still an attack from the enemy, just like anything else is. Right. Um, yeah. So when you, when you said that, that really hit me, because that's the thing that <laughs> upset me the most. Yeah. Because uh, that's something I'm convicted more about lately. I'm like, I need to take my time more seriously yeah. in, in scripture and in prayer and recognize what men did. And, and what Jesus went through so that we can have this, you know. And that's why I think that that is inspired, and for all of you guys listening, I'm sure, and those who follow on Instagram, it's that's probably the one of the main reasons why I wanted to do the Martyr Mondays yeah. because of just remembering what these amazing men of history, of the English Reformation, and, and really just the rest of the... Uh, other martyrs that aren't even mentioned that did and were willing to do for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that ought to be remembered. That ought to be always really in the back of our minds uh, to give us courage and strength and perseverance as we continue our walk with Mm -hmm. with Christ. And really, when I was reading this, it, yeah, many times it did strike a nerve just reading these, you know, reading these quotes and and what they say about Christ and what they say about these accounts of Scripture. And it, 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 it got me angry. It got me frustrated. Not, not out of anger and hatred to the, through, towards the people that yeah. wrote it. Because, again, they don't know any different. They're, they're, they're deceived. They are 
without Christ. They are without hope. Mm-hmm. They need the gospel of Jesus Christ, Absolutely. not a psychedelic gospel that they try to preach, but a go- the gospel that saves and changes and transforms and regenerates. Amen. Like that gospel is the gospel that they need. So, but like what angered me the most, what got me infuriated was the fact, like you said, this is a direct attack from the enemy against the deity of Christ, the gospel of Christ, and really scripture. But not to shift away responsibility, because obviously you can tell that when you read Romans 1, these people are haters of God. They right. do not love God. They hate truth. Yep. And they love wickedness. And these people that wrote this paper, Allegro, all these all these men and women that are standing for these this again theory, because it is a theory, just like the theory of evolution. It's a theory. There we go. Glad it's, you said that. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. No, really. And the, and the big bang the big bang theory. All of these are theories and we, and we tried to make them we, we tried to solidify theories. Yeah. But again, they're theories. So it doesn't matter how, how widely accepted something is. Something is either a fact or it is an opinion or a theory. Something that, that they is... They use the word opinions a lot in here too. They do because yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. I'm glad right. they admitted that. Yeah. But the reality is that this is very burdening in my heart. Mm. Especially now that I know what you told me about your friend. I mean, this is a real person. This is a real person's soul. That, that he's he's believing this. That he's he's innately saying, well, that could be a possibility. It could be a possibility that all these people were influenced by shrooms, and it really just shows how destructive these theories could really are, and how we ought to be standing against these things and saying no. Like the reality is, is that Jesus is God. And like you said, like all the, the points that you brought up were, were beautiful because it's the reality of Scripture. Like mm-hmm. Jesus is God. Jesus is the one who came in the flesh and he lived the perfect life that none of us could live Amen. at all because yeah. we're all sinners under the wrath of God. And he lived that perfect life. He fulfilled the requirements of the law. And he went straight to the cross for his people, for his sheep. He says that my sheep hear my voice and I lay down my life for my sheep. He went to lay down his life for his sheep. And he laid it down effectually, fully, for his people, Amen. for his glory. Amen. And it says that just like the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, that all who looked to that serpent were healed. All who looked to Christ in that day and believe and trust in him will be saved and that's the reality of the gospel that he didn't stay dead but he rose from the dead he was erected up just like the serpent was lifted up and that's the beauty of the gospel and that's what we share in so when people come to give another gospel a psychedelic gospel it it brings me back to galatians where he says like Oh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you, turning you away from the gospel of Christ into another gospel as if there was any other, right? <laughs> yeah, I love, and, that. I love that verse and so it's, much. And it's, it's so interesting because this has been, you, you nailed it in the head. There's nothing new under the sun. This it was happening then, it's happening now. Mm. And it just, yeah, it, it really stirs my heart. Mm. But really... The reason why we brought this up was to inform you guys that are listening to just share what we learned. We're still learning. There's much more to learn. So we only, you know, read this paper and I researched a little bit more into it. I know Gavin has as well, but by no means are we experts in the topic. But however, there's really, there's not much to it for you to be an expert because there's really not much information at all. Right. So... It's, uh, yeah, we did this for your edification for yeah. really for you to really learn about what's, what's been, what's been, what's been influencing a lot of people. And maybe you haven't came across the psychedelic gospels or met anybody that would ever believe this, but you never know. Maybe eventually you will just like Gavin, you did. It's, uh, you never know what what anyone believes anymore. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. I've heard so many different things that people believe like that I would 
that many of us would just sit here and say that's that can't be right uh, really <laughs> is that is that really so it's do you, do you believe in absolute truth yet because that's not that's not it <laughs> yeah that's that's not it but yeah it's 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 just so interesting so i pray that this is this was a blessing to you i don't know if you yeah. want to add anything else gavin anything that's um, pressing in your heart for sure i just want to say what you said was really beautiful. I was about to tear up my little baby, honestly. <laughs> being, I mean, because, man, like, that's the truth, though. You know, even for us Christians, like, maybe you're reminded of the gospel. Like, you know, you just have rough days as Christians. Like, we, our lives aren't necessarily easier. Mm. And we need that affirmation of the gospel. So just, like, let's just sit here and get really mad about something. Or, like, let's beat ourselves up. Mm. Um, so just point about the gospel the way you did and remind us of what the perfect work of Christ, man, is just... Mm. Uh, okay and i just want to thank you for encouragement too because i mean i'm just i'm happy to be here and have these conversations like we always do um but yeah i just i guess for me the only thing i want to say because i think you really said some some great stuff and i I think we have we've probably both shared about like what we know Mm -hmm. and like you said this isn't really like tightly wound theory because obviously there's a lot of people going back and forth because it's a theory that's just gonna happen um but we shared like pretty much what we know at this point. Um, so my encouragement, I guess, to people who would listen is I think sometimes when I, cause I have a lot of friends who aren't believers. I grew up with a lot of friends who aren't believers. I didn't have friends that are believers probably until probably until college mm. when I went, to, when I was surrounded by other believers because mm. we were at a Christian university. Yeah. Um, and now, um, and I prayed for our friend group for a while and the Lord is faithful. Um, you know, but I get discouraged and I'm, you know, trying to be more disciplined in that with sharing the gospel to my friends who not only are not believers, but like people I spend a lot of time with or I know well, mm. because you feel like there's more at stake. You feel yeah. like it's more fragile. Yeah. Um, my encouragement is at the end of the day, their heart is the same as yours. It's wicked and it's deceitful and their need is the same as yours. You need to be rescued. By Jehovah's right? You need to be rescued through Jesus Christ. Like you need the Lord. They need the Lord. So I was hesitant to speak to my friend about this right away because honestly, half of it was I was trying to bite my tongue. Mm. I had some of these things come in my head, but I was trying to bite my tongue. So it's like, am I really fit to say anything about this? Mm-hmm. Listen, you don't always need to know everything to witness to somebody. You're not God. And God does the work anyways for salvation. My encouragement is go back to the basics just like you would if anyone else if someone tells you something you don't know ask the questions so you know what they believe right because you don't know what someone's going to believe yeah. so ask them the questions know where they stand and just with grace mm-hmm. you know why the serpents gentle as doves share truth with them right and god does god does the work but be faithful and obedient in that and you'll be surprised and honestly, you'll be surprised at how much burden it really isn't once you just start asking and listening and just bring up propositions. Right. Um, just to get them to think. And then to let them know about the the gospel and let them know how beautiful that is and the, and the, the opportunity that might be for them to have a relationship, an intimate relationship with the creator of the universe. Right. Um, so that's just kind of my encouragement because that's me kind of preaching to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, cause there's gonna be more weird things that come out there. Yeah. You always gotta do paper like we did. <laughs> <laughs> Just be faithful, be present. Yeah. Your Lord is a shade of your right hand. Walk in that no right. matter what you do. Amen. Yeah. So. That's beautifully said. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. That's, that's awesome. I, yeah, I think with that, with that said, I think that I pray that that's this was a blessing for you guys and that you learned i guess much about the psychedelic gospels and really they're they're sinking sand of a of a worldview i you know and i say that very lovingly i i really really deeply believe that to encourage everyone listening as well this is nothing new right right like we've been talking about there's no, this is nothing new people have been trying to attack the bible attack the deity of christ attack 
everything that the Lord has standing for four generations now. And the Bible's still here. The Amen. truth is still here. And it's not going anywhere. So, and if you notice everything that they've said, and I want to just wrap up and say in this, everything that has been said in this paper and everything that has been brought up and even other articles that I was taking a look at about the psychedelic gospels is everything that they're fundamentally basing their theory on is opinion. And we, we mentioned that. Yeah. So I think that that's, that's very dangerous. It's dangerous to have your basis for your worldview be opinions because then there is no absolute truth to why you believe what you believe. So I think that with any theory, any cult or anything related to a false religion, I think the first the first question that ought to be asked is why do you believe that and what standard do you have to what standard do you have to base that theory from? And I think the standard that they're basing this theory from is from historians and their perspectives on art and their biases against the Christian God. Right. So I think that that is not good enough for me. Right. So Amen. I I pray that this this is a realization for you as well. And I think that what you said, Gavin, was very true, that our job is to preach the gospel. And we don't need to know every single little thing of a worldview to do that. The gospel is a simple yet powerful gospel that I mentioned even earlier. So I think that that's what we ought to proclaim is what we have to stand for. And uh, yeah, so thank you for joining, mm. Gavin. I me. appreciate you uh, Yeah, just sharing your your heart and your research that yeah. you've you've done as well and uh i appreciate you dragging me with you on this <laughs> i <laughs> I, I, I was glad to i was glad yeah. to yeah so this is this is great so yeah i appreciate it man dude thanks so much it's, i mean this was this is a joy to do um really glad that we can have these conversations and i'll be praying too that this this benefits you know those out there and gives them some confidence that they do have the authority of scripture so amen all right guys well thanks for joining i appreciate uh the love and the support uh as always if there's anything that you need anything that i could be praying for send me a message on instagram we're here to serve we're here to to point you in the in any direction that you need or answer any questions you might have and if you want more information about the psychedelic gospels or you need the paper or you want a link to it send me a message i'll be happy to send it to you and yeah and as always god bless you and happy hunting <laughs>